1: Tom Bernard Show with Mike Bellina And Andy Bram bernard And we'll be right back. We'll go over the, uh, these are the Golden Globes, right, nominations? Yes. We'll check them out next Tom Bernard Show.
2: Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically we're trying to represent people who have been hurt That talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. And your record's terrific as well. We should point out. Well, it works. It's been
1: good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. Been good. And how do they contact you?
2: At uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, dot Minnesota com, at dot com, or at eight hundred seven seven zero seven zero zero eight. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant.
1: Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walls or Motive on Tom Bernard podcast you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full-service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield. Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an a rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com.
3: Shake hands, shake hands, shake hands with Santa Claus. If you want some
2: candy, I'll bring you the candy. Shake hands with Santa Claus. You, Apparently we're
4: signing you, something. So some yes, exactly, exactly. So you guys talk for a second. Well, the problem is I've never seen any of these movies. So Alright, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I haven't either.
3: But
1: we'll, we'll do it. Yeah, Anyone here? that's it. It's the,
4: the Golden, Golden Globes, and uh, yeah, I've heard yeah. of maybe one
1: fifth of them. Guillermo del Toro's Cold War era fairy tale, The Shape of Water, earned a leading seven nominations from the mm. Golden Globes. Never even heard of it. Well, it hasn't mm. come out yet. Well, then how does it get nominated? Because they always do that, the Golden Globes and the Oscars and all that stuff. Because it's all fixed? The the HBO drama Big Little Lies led the television nominees with six nods. And what's been seen as a wide-open Oscar race so far, several films followed closely behind The Shape of Water, including Steven Spielberg's Pentagon Papers drama The Post, with six nominations, including Best Actress for Meryl Streep. God, it's so great to know that she's in it, because then I definitely won't see it. Yeah. I can't stand her. You talk about pretentious. She's a very annoying person. She really is. Best actor for Tom Hanks. Uh, Your movies, picture, drama, call me by your name. Now, Andy, would you click on that? Is that really a movie about a guy that has sex with a kid? Uh, Call me by your name. You would think that Hollywood may may have learned their lesson with that stuff, but maybe they haven't learned their lesson with that stuff.
4: Let's see Hollywood is
1: disgusting.
4: Plot um, something, something, something. Elio, a seventeen year old boy, moves in with someone named Oliver, his father's boy, friend.
1: He, Oliver is a friend of his father, and the seventeen year old moves in with him.
4: Yes, exactly. So well, Oliver is a student, though, so he can't be that much older, but he's older. I don't know I, I, You'd think they'd learn, well, I don't know Let's see, how old's the guy who Oh, well, the guy who plays Oliver is 31 So he can't be that young either No So it's a 17 year old and probably at least a 25 year old No,
1: it's, it's, it's his father's friend So the guy's at least no. like
4: 30, 37 Oliver's an American student Who his father invites to live with them To live with them Which is kind of weird to begin with but
1: yeah. I don't know Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which I still want to see. Uh, Picture, Musical, or Comedy, The Disaster Artist. I definitely want to see that, too. Mm -hmm. Get Out, The Greatest Showman, Lady Bird, and I, Tanya. Director Guillermo del Toro, The Shape of Water, Martin McDonough, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Ridley Scott, All the Money in the World, and Steven Spielberg, The Post. Actress drama, Jessica Chastain and Molly's Game, Sally Hawkins' The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Meryl Streep, The Post, and Michelle Williams' All the Money in the World, Uh, actor dramas, Timothy Chalamet, is that how you say his name? Call me by your name. Timothy is spelled, by the way, T-I-M-O-T-H-E-E. Yeah, why? A little pretentious. I guess otherwise it would be Timothy Tim Mathai, I guess, I don't know. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Tom Hanks, The Post. Gary Oldman, Darkest Hour. I heard that is fantastic. Darkest Hour? Darkest Hour. It's about, uh, uh, what's his face? Winston Churchill. Ah. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, and then it goes on and on about foreign language and animated and yeah, who cares? supporting actress and all that stuff. Mary J. Blige got nominated for Mudbound. What is that? Mud-bound. Mary J. Blige is not an actress.
4: She's not. No, she's
1: a singer, and not a very good one at that either.
4: Oh, uh, it's a period drama based on World War II. Jesus Christ! It's every movie ever made. Not have to be about World War II now. Well, this year they are. That's for oh sure. Oh my God! The film depicts two World War II veterans, one white and one black, who return to rural Mississippi to address racism and PTSD. Oh, God. We don't need any more of this. When can we stop with this? For real. That everything has to be about gender or race or... It's like, how many <sighs> times have we explored 1950s racism? I know. There must be a hundred movies about it. We
1: don't, don't need any more. So. We're good. Yeah, we already got your opinion <laughs> on that, everybody. You can let it go now. I don't know. It, it, it just... It's, a, it's an excuse for white politicians to make money, and it's an excuse for black politicians to make even more money. It's Politicians making money, that's what it is. I wish people would understand that. But they just don't. And I suppose people say, oh, what a horrible thing to say, Tom. Yeah, tough hop. Tell the truth, it is what it is.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, if this was, if this whole uh, hand-wringing thing was about helping black people, then you'd probably see people, you know, going to... Black neighborhoods and helping fix things up or Yeah I mean that's my whole point Do yeah. You, want to help you out, don't see help any out. of that You see the money going no. to uh, People like Al Sharpton Or Hollywood people Or politicians
1: Does Al Sharpton still owe the federal government Like five million dollars I have a feeling he always will I, How is he not in prison How can you owe the federal government that much money And you don't go to prison Matter of fact he got invited to go have
4: dinner at the White House And he's <laughs> a tax cheat well even the New York Times as uh, Sharpton Rose so did his unpaid taxes. So how much does he not paid he's he's fallen very much out of favor by being a scumbag Good. He's a complete filthy scumbag. The thing is there's not a whole lot written about him after 2014. Oh that's when he they first revealed that he owed all the taxes yeah then they had to stop uh, part, uh, depicting him as you know the golden boy who's never done anything wrong in yeah. his life.
1: Well, President Obama still invited him to the White House for dinner. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you do something like that knowing the guy's a tax cheat, but uh, that's up to you, I guess.
4: Yeah, CNN <laughs> has an Al Sharpton timeline, and it ends November 18, 2014, when the New York Times reported <laughs> on his taxes. So, there you go. Yeah, he's either in hiding or. Yeah, he's a dirtbag. He always has been. I mean that's the whole
1: problem. They, they're wringing their hands about white this and white that and all the rest of it. It's people of every race can be dirt bags. Okay, it just that's the way it happens. They're human beings, <laughs> which we still don't examine. By the way, we still don't look at the fact that everybody's a human, and then let's go from there instead of going from what color they are. Let's go from we're all human and go forward from there. Well, How if, about
4: that? if you can. Pin uh, bad behavior on some attribute, then you can avoid that attribute, yeah, and people want to be able. They would rather be able to say, "Just oh, avoid all white people because they're evil," than saying that all humans are capable of evil, which means you may know someone evil and not even know it because that's yes. that's a disturbing thought. So, indeed, it's more comforting. It, well, it's just like in the Bible, where you know, if someone's not a Christian, then either. They have to be converted or avoided because you know they are—they got wicked thoughts. Right, exactly. So you know it's—it's it's a nice feeling to know for sure that uh, everyone you surround yourself with is a good person. But even uh, though that's yeah. not, possible life, not possible in real life, it's not possible in real life. But absolutely that's what right. people model their world after. I mean, it's unbelievable what
1: people will do for money. Human beings are so filthy over money, it's unbelievable.
4: Well, hey, in Minnesota, that's uh, Denny Hecker. Was that Minnesota? Yeah, it was Minnesota, yeah. yeah. we got Denny Hecker. We got uh, one of those ourselves. Tom <clears throat> Oh, we got lots of those ourselves, believe
1: me. Mm-hmm. People will do anything for money. It's just, it's really disgusting. Oh, Denny Hecker just got out of prison, huh? Did he get out? Because some people are saying he's out, and other people are saying that that's just
4: a lie. He's not really oh, out of prison. okay, yeah. TwinCities.com reported that he was going to get out, and then two days later they said, never mind. Never mind. I have a feeling he's going to be in prison for pretty much ever. Well, if he gets out, he'd probably go back. Mm. He's up about 5.30
1: in the morning and back to bed about 11.30 p.m. or later. And in between, well, that's an hour-by-hour battle for self-preservation, declares a headline in the New York Times on a story detailing President Trump's daily routine. It's a routine that usually includes four hours of television, though Trump doesn't like to acknowledge that, according to the story by Maggie Haberman, Glenn Thrush, and Peter
4: Baker. Uh Rush worked on it before his suspension. I mean, he's got to get the news somehow. I would think so. Television news. It's either television or newspaper, and television is a lot faster. It is. It absolutely is.
1: So he gets up at 5.30, which is 4.30 Central Time, so he makes (laughs) sure he listens to the KQ Morning Show, which is good. I like to see that. Uh, For most of the year, people inside and outside Washington have been convinced that there is a strategy behind Mr. Trump's actions, but there is seldom a plan apart from preemption, self defense, obsession, and impulse. Reporter Haberman tweeted this was a key graph. Key graph. Uh, TV, Trump spends at least four hours a day and sometimes as much as twice that in front of a television, sometimes with the volume muted. He usually flicks on Fox and Friends first thing and then checks out MSNBC's Morning Joe, which is usually critical because it fires him up for the day. Diet Cokes, watching cable, he shares thoughts with anyone in the room, even the household staff, he summons via a button for lunch. Well, they've always done that in the White House. They've always summoned people with that Mm -hmm. button. They act like he put a button in to summon them. Come on. Like I said, I'm not a big Trump supporter myself, but could you stop making him look worse than he actually yeah, is?
4: calm down, guys. Uh, he drinks a dozen Diet Cokes each day. Sounds like you 20 years ago. Yes, that's true. You drank a lot of Diet <laughs> Cherry Pepsi.
1: I did. There's, it's true. As he ends his first year in office, Mr. Trump is redefining what it means to be president. He sees the highest office in the land, much as he did the the night of his stunning victory over Hillary Clinton. As a prize, he must fight to protect every waking moment, and Twitter is his Excalibur. Yeah, I wish he'd get off Excalibur Mm -hmm. then, okay? Back to TV. Before taking office, Mr. Trump told top aides to think of each presidential day as an episode in a television show in which he vanquishes rivals so it's quite the story in newser today about Mr Trump <laughs> President Trump President Trump's day. Yep that's that's the that's the exciting goings on. Yeah is right that now. exciting? That is real exciting isn't mm-hmm. it? I just again I I just I try to watch the news from both ends. I watch CNN. I watch MSNBC. I watch Fox. But there is no balance. There's no
4: such thing as balance. Well, Trump, they made a big deal about him getting two scoops of ice cream yeah. instead of one. And Obama, they made a big deal about him using Grey Poupon instead of Hellman's or whatever. Yeah. And um, Bush, there was something. Well, Bush, they made a big deal out of everything. It's he did. All, and now he's a hero.
1: By the way, they hated George W. Bush the whole time he was president. Yes, they, they hated George W. Bush the whole time uh, President Obama was president. And now that there's Trump, they like Bush. Mm-hmm. It's always how it
4: is. I, it is always how it is. You're absolutely right. Because they, don't, they want, don't want to admit that they hate the office, not the person. And that's pretty much what it is, isn't it? They do hate the office. Whoever's the Republican president is the person they hate. Yeah. Because they're afraid of... Any, any authority figure who doesn't agree with them? I still would like to know, and again, I'm
1: not trying to take sides here, but somebody please explain to me how CNN, CNN MSNBC, and these other channels can can talk about Democrats taking the moral high ground because of Al Franken and Roy Moore. Look, Roy Moore is a dirtbag, and Al Franken's a dirtbag, and I understand Franken was forced to resign. But you can't take the moral high ground when you let Bill Clinton skate on everything he ever did. I'm not saying that Republicans can claim moral high ground either. Nobody can. You people allowed dirtbags to be dirtbags. All of you did. So there is no moral high ground in Washington, D.C. And I do love the fact that five of the six uh, highest incomes by county in the United States, five of the six around Washington, D.C., it's unbelievable. All that is now, it's not about running the country, it's not about helping people, it's about making millions and millions and millions of dollars.
4: Well, it's like, well, how about revitalize Washington, D.C.? Yeah, that'd be good. Because that county is absolutely horrible. It is. And so, like, why, if there's all these people who care so much about, you know, lowering crime and making America a better place, right? then why aren't they, why don't they start with... The place that they already are, and then work outward from there. Maybe well, we we took that nice stroll that one night from Eighth and
1: I, the Marine Corps <clears throat> Barracks, and uh, basically had to get a guy off of you because mm. he grabbed you. Unbelievable! I'll still never forget the guy he just walks up and grabs you.
4: Are you nuts? And it's even I think it's even worse than it was back then.
1: Well, it probably was, <clears throat> but I mean it was, it was so bad. Eighth and I is where we saw the the Marine Corps Silent Drill Team. It was mm-hmm. amazing to watch. But we walk out, and everybody is gone. And I, there's a Marine out there. And I said, where do we get a cab? He says, there aren't any cabs They're going to come in here after dark? I said, what? Hooray. He goes, the only thing you can do, sick walk six blocks that way to the subway. That's the only way you're going to get out of here because there aren't any taxis that are going to come through here.
4: Yeah. Violent, well, yeah, violent crime is actually down 50% since 95. Well, that's in good. Washington, D. C. In Washington, D.C. In Washington, D.C. So, hey, I guess, I mean, it's still one of the most violent areas but still well half the people probably dead. It's getting better. Well yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, what the, how what is its population? I wonder, because it doesn't say anything about that. That if it's, I do. If not its population know. went down, then that's makes sense that crime would go down.
1: But I will tell you this, when we we're walking there, uh this guy grabbed Andy and I had threatened to kill him to let go of Andy. I gave him the countdown, though, and I got to two, and they let you go, which is good. And then he dropped all of his money that he had on him. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing about that was as that was happening, we walked about a block further, and a cab driver, a black cab driver, pulled up and said, man, get in the cab. Remember that? No. Oh, you don't remember that? Mm -mm. A black cab driver pulled over and said, get in the cab. And he brought us back to our hotel. We will be right back.
4: Tom, but aren't you? I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. As a locally owned community bank, we pride ourselves on individually crafted financial solutions and quick response times. h and Elevators, a Minneapolis manufacturer known worldwide for custom elevator designs, had an option to buy their headquarters. We stepped in to get the deal done with SBA and Urban Initiative Financing. See an opportunity too good to pass up? Stop in. We'll make it happen north american banking company a better banking experience
1: member fdic and equal housing lender my pillow is the holiday gift that keeps on giving long after the bath and body soaps have washed down the drain and the new treadmill has been turned into a clothes rack your my pillow gift will be guaranteeing your friends and family a great night's sleep buy one my pillow and get one free online with my code kqrs or call my special offer number at 800-694-2056. Buy one, get one at MyPillow.com, keyword KQRS. Or call 800-694-2056.
5: Just see those sleigh bells jingle and ring, jingle, jingle. it's a lovely weather together
1: with you. great song. Is that the Ronettes? Yep. Love the Ronettes. They were wonderful. Absolutely wonderful.
5: Yeah, until Phil Spector got all the...
1: Yeah, that's true. Although, I think he produced this song.
5: Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure he produced this song. He produced all, almost... I think he produced all the Ronettes big hits because he named the group. Did he Name
5: actually it. do it, though? Like, he was in the studio? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because remember a brilliant like, producer. Remember the old joke from Sopranos about Heshi? No, yeah. And he's like, hey, don't forget, I have four gold records. <laughs> Or I wrote four gold records. I wrote He's four gold like, records. No, you didn't. Four black guys wrote four <laughs> gold records.
1: <laughs> well, that was a shot at Maurice Levy, the guy who owned Roulette Records. That was the guy Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers wrote, Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And the first pressing, it said, written by Frankie Lyman. The second pressing, it said, written by Frankie Lyman and Mor- Morris Levy. And the third
4: one said, written by Morris Levy.
1: <laughs> really nice.
4: That song was actually from an album called A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector.
1: There you go, see? Yeah. A little well, bit of ego in there. A bullet to the head from Phil, Phil Spector.
4: Did he? I don't know who he is. He or... shot a. He was a yeah. big-time record producer. Oh, he shot one of them? And he shot uh, a woman. Shot Just and killed her. One of the Ronettes? No. Oh, I no, think
2: he
1: another. married one
5: of the Ronettes. Though. He married Ron, yeah. Ronnie. Yeah.
4: Ronnie Spector was her name. Phil Spector's still around. He's in prison, though. He, Oh, yeah, in 2003. Oh, Oh, my God, he looks... In 2009, have you (laughs) seen his mugshot? Jesus. Holy cow! He looks dead. (laughs) He does. He looks like the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, he literally looks like the same hairstyle. Oh, my God. Same, like, skin tone.
1: Phil, you're not looking too good. You haven't been hitting the gym much at the (laughs) the prison, huh?
4: Yeah, I think there might have been a little bit of drugs going on there. (laughs) Go <laughs> walking around the yard once in a while, get a little exercise yeah. there, Phil. Or some sunlight. I don't know. Second-degree murder, uh, 19 years to life, which is going to be life, because which is gonna he's be not going to yeah. be around in 19 years, I can tell you that much. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't
1: so there look you like go. it. Someone dropped $101 bills in a Salvation Army kettle in Portland, Oregon, last Wednesday. That's $10,000 in cash. But where was the highest donation to a Salvation Army kettle ever?
4: and uh, how much was it somewhere in the midwest i'm guessing it was somewhere in the midwest yeah. do you, you know how much money it was midwest is the most charitable was it here it was in minnesota Was it 100,000
1: 500,000 oh, jesus oh, oh. They put a half a million bucks in a kettle how do you even fit that much cash in there <laughs> oh no
4: i have no idea how much they fit that much cash in there are there like are there $1000 bills uh, used to be yeah i wonder 100%. if there are any more you think that would be useful for that kind of... Especially with all this inflation where $1,000 isn't that much money anymore? No, that's you true. Because need, you'd need a dozen of them just to buy a low-end car. Yeah, I wonder why they don't just get rid of $1 bills. I still use $1 bills. Do you? People like them for change, but
5: like... Going to the lamp later? Oh, well, God. there's that, too. <laughs> yeah, Pennies
4: are go. useless, though. Nickels are useless. Yes, they are. Dimes are even useless. Anything under a quarter Anything is useless. Anything under a
1: quarter is useless as so you just get rid of it because yeah. it costs more to bank than it's worth.
4: Yeah, round everything up to a quarter, and then there you go. Problem's would all. you bring
1: Would you bring that full story up, Andy, number 10 there? Click. I'm pr- I want to make sure. I'm pretty sure it was a half a million bucks was the biggest donation ever. Uh, the largest in the U.S. was probably two years ago when someone dropped a check for a half a million dollars. Oh, so it was a check. Yeah. Half a million dollars into a Salvation Army kettle in Minnesota. You're absolutely right. Two years ago? Just two years. I remember when it happened, actually. Do yeah. we
4: even know who it was?
1: Well, I don't want to brag, but... <laughs> <laughs> you can't prove it wasn't me. You can't prove I didn't do it. Uh, the family... Uh, Rosemont, Minnesota. It looks like Cub they're Foods. St- they're staying anonymous. Uh, the five hundred thousand dollar family legacy, a check for five hundred thousand dollars was dropped in the Salvation Army kettle at Cub Foods in Rosemont, Minnesota. The family well, it's probably Doug Sprinthal. Yeah, it was then. Doug Sprinthal. It was Doug Sprinthal. <laughs> the family chose this gift to honor their family legacy. One of their fathers served in World War One and especially loved the Salvation Army donut lassies who brought coffee and donuts to the soldiers on the front lines. Huh. So uh, well, they there you go they gave him five hundred thousand bucks. It's a lot of donuts. I did mm. a lot of donuts. Isn't that wonderful? That's that's just a a wonderful, warm story, though. I think it's a fantastic story at Christmas time. Right?
5: Oh, yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: I noticed uh, going on Saturday, I went to the store a couple times on Saturday, and the uh, firefighters were out there collecting for the Salvation Army, and they had the lights Mm -hmm. going on the fire truck and the whole deal.
5: It was cool as hell. I'm glad you had a good Saturday, because I was out and about, too, and, man, it's just one of those things. Time of the year, you know, everybody's in a rush, and there's people everywhere, and people shopping, and just oh uh. what no no no. i was at rosedale and it was just a madhouse oh it was a madhouse at rosedale yep yeah that'll happen uh, you got
1: good restaurants there though
5: yeah no it uh man i hadn't been there in a while and it's it's really nice i like, they, rosedale. like yeah, oh yeah
1: rosedale's very nice mm-hmm. yeah indeed there's a woman in england who says she's had sex with 20 ghosts <laughs> oh okay and she likes them better than men <laughs> She even split up with her husband so she could just be with ghosts. Boy, I bet you he's crying in his beard about that one. Oh, really? Darn. You're really leaving me? Yeah. Gee, that's too bad. Can't believe. Oh, her name is Amethyst Realm. (laughs) Of course it is. Her name is Amethyst Realm. I'm sure that's her real name. What's better than having a normal sex life? Having a paranormal sex life, I guess. There's a woman in Bristol, England named Amethyst Realm. I'm guessing that's not her real name, considering she works as a spiritual guidance counselor. Oh, what did mom and dad do to this Yeah, kid? really? What the hell?
4: What did mom and dad do to you? That's what I want to know. Divorce your husband because you think you're having sex with ghosts? She
1: recently made a big life change. She stopped dating men and started dating ghosts. Amethyst says it started a few years back when she sensed a ghost in her house. So she put lingerie on to seduce it. That's the first thing that crossed your mind, is trying to get a little ghost wiener? I think Amethyst might be uh, a little messed up. Uh, You think she might be nuts? I think so. Uh, She then had sex with the ghost. Quote, you can feel it. There was a weight and a weightlessness, a physical breath and stroking, and the energy as well. Apparently she was married at the time, but after three years her husband figured out what she was doing and (laughs) they split up. And since then she's gotten it on with 20 different ghosts. How does she know they're different? Yeah, how would you you know they're different?
4: Might be the same ghost. I just Maybe she's common law now.
1: Don't lie to me, because I can see right through you. Uh, She says she likes them better than men. She says her next goal is to figure out how to get impregnated by
4: one of the ghosts. If she can manage that, then I'll be impressed.
1: Yeah, but why would you have to figure it out? Either they can do it or they can't.
4: Well, I mean, if they don't have bodies, then, I mean, what are you going to
1: do? Let me see the the full-on mug shot there. Well, I suppose it's not a mug shot. It's just a photo. I mean, she's not a... Yeah, she doesn't look as insane as you would think she no, looks. No, she's not an unattractive woman. I mean, she's not a knockout or anything, but she's... You know the weird thing? She's got those very vacant eyes. Mm. You know, the, they get that look in their eye like, okay, what are you getting? No, actually, that second picture I'm looking at, she's she's actually an attractive woman. I'm well, not saying that you would have to be homely to stup ghosts or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But It's also uh,
4: entirely possible she's making it all up for attention. Yeah, there is that. Which happens every so often. So you feel a weight mm-hmm. and a weightlessness. Mm-hmm. How
1: would you feel both? I don't know. Is it the comings and goings of the, uh, of the ghost? I mean, I got a question for we'll you. We'll have to ask uh, Dave. I've never been around a ghost in my entire life. I've never seen a ghost. I've never, I don't know anything about ghosts or any of the rest of it. But i got to believe if I actually saw a ghost, I wouldn't think about, well, maybe I should yeah. play hide the banana. I mean, really? That's the first thing you thought of was having sex with the ghost. Yeah, unless you're incredibly desperate. Yeah. Well, there is that. There, you're, there absolutely is that. I, I, I just, maybe she does. I, I don't doubt anything anymore. Maybe she does do it, and we're the ones who don't have anything figured
4: out. Mind over matter. You I can love that. make yourself believe anything. Well, that's true.
1: Six Flags in New Jersey was going to try to break the world record for the largest snowball fight this weekend, but they had to cancel because of snow. What? Yep, they were planning to use fake snowballs
4: so no one would get hurt, and the real snow would have gotten in the way, so they had to cancel it. What? That's the entire story, I guess. Fake plush snowballs. Well, it's snow. It's snow.
5: Well, you can make it rock hard.
4: Yeah, that's true. I suppose that they packed it real hard. Okay, why don't you bring up the newser there?
5: No snowball fights. What is this, Edina? Oh, yeah, what did, they, what well, did yeah,
4: they? New Jersey, New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey, yeah, Six would, Flags in New Jersey. I would have thought they would cancel it because of, like, too much toxic sludge in the air or something. <laughs> but. You don't tell Sandy that, he'll get all upset. <laughs> he'll get very upset if you say
1: that there's a lot of toxic sludge in his...
4: Is he actually from, well, I suppose this didn't Fork say
1: Jersey Rip. City, it said New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey. He's from uh, Forked River, New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey
4: City is pretty well known for its not greatness. Well, there is that. And Newark. Yeah, bring up Newser, Andy. This is news. Oh, no, it's no, not. It's this not. is a complete cheat. Uh, it was wrong. We're checking all the
1: news sites today. There's some pretty interesting things. There's no doubt about it. Uh, nothing new on the pipe bomb. Everybody's still alive. Uh, no, No one really. was seriously hurt, right?
4: No, I don't think so. Well, how did the pipe bomb explode? Because he had it strapped to his chest. How did it not kill him? It must have just been so horribly made that it...
1: (laughs) Yes, though. such an idiot. He
4: probably either forgot to cap it or he didn't cap it properly, so when it exploded, it just exploded out of the pipe instead of out, like, you know, like a fragmentation grenade. I remember a kid in my neighborhood making a pipe bomb with match
1: heads. (laughs) Hmm... Yeah. Uh, not a good idea, because he was packing them down into the pipe, and of course a spike, a spark, mm-hmm. and it blew his entire guts out.
4: Yeah, well, anytime them. you put a whole bunch of explosives in a confined space, that'll happen. Uh, yeah, my Uncle Frank
5: did the same thing. Did, did he, he really? Was, yeah, he was big into uh, explosives wherever whatever, and they were walking in the railroad tracks. He picked up something, and boom, it exploded. And Picked up some TNT? Something. And then he came home, and he tried to go upstairs about going to dinner, and everybody <laughs> checked on him, and he was... Third-degree burns on his face. Don't really? worry about me. Yeah. I'm
4: just going to bed early. Did he
5: leave? I mean, excuse I me. Mean, did he live through Yeah, it? yeah, oh, he did. Somehow, yeah, he was just uh, wrong place, wrong time. I mean, he's crazy as is. Oh, he is. Yeah. Is he still mm. a pyromaniac? Yeah. He just huh. loves he's Big fire in the Fourth of July. You think he, he, would, like, <laughs> he likes explosions?
4: Yeah. yeah you think he would have stopped after that? But oh uh, god, you would think. stuff Oh yeah, he stuffed match heads into a narrow length of pipe. Who did? This, this guy. Oh, the same guy? Yep. So he did the match head thing? Yep. Well, that's not going to... No, they don't have nearly enough explosive force. No. I mean, it's enough to kill you if you're holding it in your lap and you're packing the... Packing well, yeah, and in. if it blows, like, outwards like a
5: shotgun right. into you, yeah. Right,
4: But, yeah, if you've ever lit a match, you'd know that they don't explode. They just kind of burn.
5: Oh, I burn. Suppose we have the Bangladeshi school system to thank for that one. Oh. i right, just dealing with a moron. Well, maybe, uh, but you know, let's
1: send them, what How much were we were sending them? Two hundred million bucks a year. Yep. Yeah, that's great. We send you two hundred million bucks a year, and you hate us.
4: Oh yeah, there you go. The explosion blew off one of the caps of the length, so right. instead of exploding like shrapnel, it just exploded outwards. So pl- it probably just exploded up toward the ceiling. So he got lucky that it didn't hit him. Very lucky. Yeah. If because that had it, hit him, he would have been, would yeah. have been
1: dead. Yup. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that's the whole deal. That's how the kid in my neighborhood died, is the cap blew off. and Because and, uh, mm-hmm. he apparently was holding it against his stomach, and, like, you know what I mean? The, the open why? part was aimed out, but when it exploded, it blew the cap. I don't know why it didn't just blow out, but it blew the cap off, too. Mm. I don't know what the hell you're doing. I have no idea
4: what... Uh... I have no interest in making pipe bombs. Let me put it that way. No, that's the kind of thing where you need, like, you know... You need to wear specialized equipment, just in case. Or just buy a bomb. Can't you just buy bombs somewhere? Are there bombs on Amazon? Yeah. Amazon Prime. Yeah. Are
1: there really bombs I, on there? <laughs> <I'm> really <laughs> not, I
3: really
1: doubt it. There are
4: places, I bet you on the internet, you can buy bombs. I'd yeah. almost guarantee it. Well, the problem is uh, there, no company is going to ship a bomb. Yeah, I don't see how you really could. <laughs> you could buy the components of a bomb, but no company right. would knowingly ship a bomb. Well, you can buy that fertilizer and the kerosene or whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. Yeah, you can, if you know how, you can make a bomb at home. Not super difficult, although the odds of killing yourself are pretty high. I would think so. I have,
1: again, I have no interest at all. I've got to ask you guys about this California fire right now. Bur- it, how many houses are now in danger? Let's see. All of this is because they didn't want to do controlled burns because they polluted. Mm-hmm. So controlled burns pollute too much. How much do you think 80 houses burning to the ground, how much does that pollute, do you think? 230,000 acres. Yeah. 230,000 acres because they won't do a bit of controlled smoke. burns in, Cali- in California.
4: Well, California is kind of like a joke state at this point. It the really amount is. of just how insane they are with the whole progressive
1: thing. One of yeah. several wildfires burning in Southern California is now the fifth biggest fire on record in the state, and firefighters are losing ground. Containment of the Thomas Fire slipped from 15% to 10% as wind speeds picked up on Sunday, the Los Angeles Times reports. The fire, which has now spread from Ventura County into Santa Barbara County. Yeah, I heard that Ellen DeGeneres
4: and Oprah and all these people's houses are in danger now. Why would why would you even buy a house in there for the in the first place? I know, because I, they just magically think that somehow uh, the, the nature is
1: going to start something on fire if it's overgrown. Yep. I mean, it just is. That's just kind of how it is. Well, I mean, it has to be the right kind of stuff overgrown. Well, they could just mow it, maybe. Yeah, mow it. That'd be good. Yeah. Not enough money, though. we got a, too much money to give away to people to get them to vote for us. We'll be back. have a very special guest coming up. We're going to talk a little Christmas with Renee Baker right after this Tom Bernard show. When you care about your job, you care about the job you do. At Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, they hire the best people, treat them right, and they treat you right when you call to schedule an appointment. Bryant Furnaces and Air Conditioners and the Sabre Blue Maintenance Plan are as good as it gets. This is Tom Bernard for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Visit SaberHeating.com for special savings on air conditioners. Plus, get more information on their Saber Blue Maintenance Plan. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes.
3: Christmas, 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 Christmas time,
1: Christmas time is here, happiness Who is cheer. that?
4: Is that Renee
0: Baker? It perhaps? is?
1: Good job, Renee.
0: Thank you, Tom.
3: How are you? I cannot
1: hit those notes, Renee. <laughs> I'm okay. here to tell you. My range goes all the
4: way up to the eighth octave. No problem. <laughs> yeah i
1: bet
0: you know i used to live in minnesota in, in minneapolis we would uh hmm. have to come back and carol together no matter how how you sing
1: that is amazing well i can sing i just can't sing that high
0: <laughs> there's no way
1: i can sing notes that high no, that, that was there's beautiful the
0: part for you then thank
3: you
1: yeah i could do the bass part That's oh. right. is there a war on christmas according to singer actress renee baker who has been making the christmas spirit a career for the past 20 years it's time to call a truce on the war on Christmas because bullying people into saying Merry Christmas is damaging the holiday spirit. Who? How do people bully people into saying Merry Christmas?
0: Oh, how do they? Well, you know, we, there are lots of people out there. We hear it every year at this time. There's, you know, both sides of the argument, but there are people who get upset and make, you know, an angry atmosphere when they don't see Merry Christmas everywhere. They hear Happy Holidays uh, because they feel like Well, there's a lot of different reasons for it, but uh, you know, they feel like they're taking Christ out of Christmas, or uh, or taking Christmas out of the holiday season, Mm -hmm. or you know, whatever their reason. I have my own thoughts on what the real reasons are, but we hear it every time of this year, and it really kind of sucks the joy out of the season.
1: What What are your thoughts on it? I'd love to hear them.
0: Well, my thoughts are that we have our sentimental feelings.
3: Yeah, of course, absolutely.
0: You know, looked and sounded like when we were growing up
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And, uh, you know, and and that's beautiful And and Christmas is one of those things See, I call these things spirit triggers Like, uh, you know, what are our personal holiday spirit triggers?
3: Mm -hmm.
0: The word Christmas is one of them You know, holiday music is a huge one for me The smell of pine needles, all of these things Uh, You know, and I grew up in a very homogeneous town in the Midwest and outside of the the two Jews and the one atheist I knew, I wasn't aware of knowing anyone else who wasn't some sort of a Christian. But you know, since then, a lot of migration has happened everywhere. I don't want to use that other word; it's too it's too much of a hot button word. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, migration has happened everywhere, and uh, there are people with other beliefs and other traditions that are just as important to them as ours
1: are to us well you're the, the town you grew up in was called two jews and a protestant wasn't it
0: <laughs> thank you very much Christian. two jews and a catholic
3: <laughs> two jews and a catholic
1: oh well that yeah that's totally different um i i did grow up a catholic kid and very and christmas was a big deal i love merry christmas and i'm not a, i'm not a religious guy though mm-hmm. i'm not you know it's not about uh you know putting christ in christmas or whatever to me it just merry christmas just means hey, you know have a one- but I do wish people happy Hanukkah and happy yeah. Kwanzaa and all the rest of it as well. I don't right. it doesn't all have to be about Christmas.
0: Well, and that's a great attitude, and you and I are very aligned on that. You know, I I don't understand why people feel like they have to hit people over the head with Christmas or you know shove it down people's throats as the dominant uh, holiday. There are there are several other holidays, and and people who
3: mm-hmm. like
0: like yourself, you know, may, you're maybe celebrating. Christmas, or just the holidays in general, um, without the religious aspect to it. But,
3: you
0: know, the the holiday, December is an amazing time that has great potential for peace in the world. And uh, when we're trying to shove people toward, uh, you know, toward the nativity or toward the word Christmas, you know, Mm -hmm. it really has the opposite effect. It, uh, it, it uh, sucks the joy right out of it when the, when the truth is, holiday spirit, Christmas spirit is powerful. And um, so I, I've been studying. I mean, have, have you ever had a December where you just didn't have your Christmas spirit? It was just
1: gone? Oh, yeah, that does happen. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, though, there were big events like the year my mother died, I wasn't really wild about Christmas that year, that's yeah, for sure. It's tough.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, a well, very tough time. Yeah, there are lots of reasons why, you know, people are experience you know, they experience loss like you or illness or they have associated bad memories. There's lots of different reasons. And, you know, my mission has become to help people who find the December holidays painful for whatever reason.
3: Yeah,
1: well, see, that's a good thing. Renee, I tell you what, I, we, Catherine's usually on the show here. She's not here now, but oh. we have our son, Andy, is here. Hey, Andy. Hello. And then our daughter, Alex, is not here, but Andy's 31 and Alex is 28, about to turn 29. But now Alex has a daughter and that's what to me Christmas is. Christmas to me is about little kids. It's beautiful
0: when you can see Christmas yep. through a child's
1: eyes. No doubt about it. It's yes. wonderful. They get yes. so excited. She is 19 months old <sighs> oh, and she Congratulations. Will, and she'll take my finger and lead me over to the uh, to the Christmas tree and just Aww. just to look at the lights and the ball. She just loves it. Oh, so
0: you're having a really good Christmas already?
1: Uh, oh yeah! It's when you have when you add little kids to any holiday, it just makes everything work. It was hilarious. She went and saw. Uh, she had breakfast with Santa on Saturday, uh-huh. and there were tons of kids there. I mean, kids <laughs> everywhere is wonderful. And she actually went over and photo bombed one of the pictures with Santa. With
0: oh my gosh, that's hysterical. She's kind of
1: wandered into the frame, and she's
0: 19
1: months. She's 19 months old. I love yes. It. But she's, uh, yeah, she's very excited about the whole situation. She just loves the lights. The lights are the big thing to her, wow. there's no doubt about it.
0: Well, I understand that. Yeah, the I do. Lights, lights are beautiful.
1: I think that if we just left Christmas alone and and, and, and yeah, didn't, and again, I'm not a very religious person, so I guess if you're religious, it's different, but I well, just like... but,
0: you know, let's talk about that, because I, I think that some of the people who are taking issue, you know, with not... Having Merry Christmas, said, or you know, taking issue mm-hmm. with, with Happy Holidays, um, I think that these are some of the people who are the same people who say they they don't want to have Christ taken out of Christmas, mm-hmm. and I think that you know they don't really realize that their predecessors, <laughs> um, in, in in history, those people who wanted to keep Christ in Christmas, you know, the, the ones they were the ones who were. Decrying the pagan traditions that we we celebrate, right? Yes, the, the Christmas trees, the greenery in the houses, uh, even the music back then, and uh, so a lot of the people today who are trying to keep Christ in Christmas are actually embracing these pagan holiday, you know, holiday trappings, the Christian, you know, the Christmas trappings, I like to call it. And, and you know, the thing is, like you say, we I think we're all getting too uptight about it. Yeah. When really the spirit of season is is so it's, it's if, if it's about christ to you that you know that's fine that's great yeah, if you want great. to keep christ yeah. in christmas but you know um it, it's striving to live by the example jesus gave us is how you keep christ in christmas if you ask me oh, to live I, a life I agree. Of generosity charity love inclusiveness and, and service and not acting fearful and angry about stuff being taken away from us, you know, like the holiday greeting that we have sentimental feelings about.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and so if it was really about Christ, I think we'd be trying to follow his example, right?
1: No, yeah, you would think so. I, the one problem I, w- I will tell you that I have with it, I was watching the Chicago uh, Christmas parade yesterday. It was on national television yesterday uh, down Michigan Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Minneapolis, they don't do the parade anymore. It's It's a little... What, what would you even call it so in Loring Park? Did you live in Minneapolis when you lived in this area?
0: I did, yeah. Okay. Um, I lived in a few different places within Minneapolis, yeah, so but you not where, downtown.
1: Well, you know where Loring Park is, though.
0: Yes. So they, isn't, they it, do it. isn't that by the Guthrie?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. where the Guthrie used to be. Oh. The Guthrie moved down by the river now. Oh, right. Yep, but it's where the Walker Art Center still is. Right. Yeah, so they do like a, what would you call like an art fair or food booths or I don't know what they do but the Holly Dazzle Parade was a a real highlight of every uh, every holiday but they I don't know see some people fight so hard against Christmas I think that makes people angry as well
0: so they were trying to be politically correct. Yes. And they took the whole, they lost the baby with the
1: bathwater. That's exactly, that's the best way to put it. They threw out the baby with the bathwater, which yeah. is what Minneapolis, con- I I love it here. I was born here, it's a I was raised show. here. We it is isn't wonderful We do that a lot, though, yeah. But we do that a lot, throw out the baby with the bathwater. That's a very, very good way to put it. No Yeah,
0: no. you know, it's really sad. I mean, I I was um, reading recently about uh, this town, uh it shall remain nameless, <laughs> um, but they—they—they they, they were like the, the town that I grew up in. You know, very homogeneous. You know, um, but through the years, migration happened, <clears throat> and so the—they uh, they used to have their their event, like the one you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Let's call it the uh, Christmas Stroll, not its real name.
1: Okay, Christmas Stroll.
0: Okay, <laughs> and but so so migration happened, and there's a lot of different people with a lot of different beliefs and faiths, and and. So, the Chamber of Commerce, recognizing that and wanting everyone to feel included in the joy of the season there, decided to change the name to something like the crisp the the, the winter stroll. Mm-hmm. Well, you see what's about to happen right Many of the the local merchants got up in arms about it and made a big fuss I mean, such a fuss that it made national news uh, and you know one of them said uh, that she was afraid that taking the word Christmas out would change the entire theme of it, and she said, "You know, there's carolers out in the streets, and 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 Christmas trees, and and I'm just afraid if those things go away, it's just going to become an ordinary f- festival." Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, so she's afraid. And then this other one, and this is what I, this really drives me crazy, said, um, "Well, if you can't celebrate Christmas, then I'm not going to support the the event." Or the chamber. The chamber wants us to donate and sponsor a tree, but I will not. I will take a stand, and I will have Christmas all over my store, inside and out. I mean, just, ugh, angry. Yeah.
3: And I pe- thought, you know
0: what's happening? No, no one said they can't celebrate Christmas. No one said, they're not even taking away the trees. You know, the town is still continuing the tradition of the trees and the sponsorship of them by the local merchants. But it's some of those same merchants who don't want to see these things go away that are taking a stand and not sponsoring the trees. and uh, So, you know, it it, it does get really tough. I don't know why people can't just celebrate, you know, together and and include each other in our celebrations. I mean, you know, I have a Christmas caroling company, right? Uh, Yeah. We just celebrated our 20th anniversary. There's like about 30 of us every year from the Broadway community. And um, now my caroling company is comprised of a very diverse group. So, of course, I've got Christian carolers. But I also have Jewish carolers, Buddhist carolers. I have at least one atheist caroler. I'm always going for more right. diversity. But the important thing is that we all, as diverse as we are, recognize this palpable spirit of the season. And we we love it. It fortifies us. Uh, and we actually hold ourselves accountable to the hallmarks of it, you know, the things I mentioned earlier, generosity, mm-hmm. connecting with others, including people in our joy. So, from our experience, Christmas spirit is alive and well and transcending boundaries. And that's a beautiful thing.
1: Well, I think um, you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, getting upset and, and angry, that just pushes people away. And here's something that I, I just realized recently people, including myself, <laughs> didn't realize, don't realize as much as they could that christmas spirit the, the december holidays it's a time when we recharge our spiritual battery and i don't think we realize this, that we rely on that we look forward to it it's an unconscious thing so during tough years like you know 9 11 mm-hmm. uh, the last Past year has been really rough, because no matter what side of the political aisle you're on, you're kind of horrified at the humanity right. around you, at the no, fellow you're right. humans, you know. And and these are times... That was what one year I lost my Christmas spirit, which is really unusual for me. And I traced it back to an event in my personal life that horrified me. It shook my judgment in myself. It shook my faith in my fellow humans. That's what happened. And so I, I actually... I was not ever going to let that happen again because it was really painful to not have my holiday spirit. And it it, it, it is that. like a crown jewel in my life. It's a saving grace, and I think it is for a lot of people. So that's why this is now my work, to help people reset those holiday triggers.
1: And people going to ta- uh, contact you at ismileinny.com is that, is that the best place to reach uh, yeah, you?
0: Yeah, in fact, you can make it a little simpler, www.ismileny, like New York, .com. Ismileny.com. Oh, because ours says I, guess,
4: I smile in. Yeah, oh,
0: that oh that works too.
4: Oh, it does, it? okay. okay.
0: <laughs> and so does I smile in New York Productions. Yeah. I'll spell that.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. I
4: just tried I smile in Y and it works. So there
1: you Yay, go. Yay,
0: that's the shortest one.
1: Renee, thank you so much for your time and Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you got going. Have a wonderful, wonderful December.
0: A- and to you and your beautiful family as well, Tom. Thanks so much for having me on.
1: Thank you, Renee. Our pleasure. Renee Baker, ladies and gentlemen. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you got, I say Merry Christmas to everybody. And like I said, if it if it angers you that I say Merry Christmas, tough titty.
3: Hmm.
1: That's a good way to put it in there. I mean look, I don't shove it down people's throats so I don't get it get over here so I can wish you Merry Christmas. That's not how it is at all. I so figure I, if I, a I,
4: Jewish person says Happy Hanukkah, I'll say Happy Hanukkah. A, et et
1: cetera, et cetera. That works. Just, Renee was very pleasant though. I thought she was a very pleasant person. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show.